Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the McCarty Ministries podcast. Thanks for joining us. Don't forget to go to wherever you listen to podcasts to rate and review us. We appreciate when you do because your feedback helps us reach more people. So to start things off with today's episode, I need to share a short story about a pretty long trip. And it's a trip that I had recently. I had to make a trip to our local supermarket to pick up some items that we needed for a get-together that we were hosting. And this is a pretty routine trip for me. I've been to the supermarket before. I know the destination. I've been there. I know the route. We live in town, so it's pretty short. usually takes about five minutes. But this particular trip ended up taking closer to 15 or 20 minutes. You might be asking the question, if the supermarket's so close, why did the trip take so long? My answer would be because of delays and because of detours. You see, on my way to the supermarket, I came across that dreaded sign, construction ahead. Orange barrels everywhere, construction workers doing their thing. And sure enough, we were all being rerouted to take a detour. At first, it didn't bother me too much. However, as the detour went on and on, I got more and more frustrated. And unfortunately, the detour itself, which should have only added a few minutes to the trip, added so much more because of the traffic jam I ended up in as a result of an accident on the route. Not only was my usual route rerouted, but I got stuck in standstill traffic on the detour itself. And since I was pressed for time, it added some stress to my day. Now, eventually I got to my destination, but not until after I had regretted volunteering to take the trip for my wife in the first place. And not until after I lost my temper with the construction worker and the guy who had gotten in the accident. Now, I know this is a bad Christian moment here. I I should have been praying for the guy that got in the accident. I should have extended grace to the construction worker. But I, too, am a work in progress And Jesus ain't done with with me yet. So I tell the story because maybe you can relate. Maybe you found yourself in a situation similar to the one that I was in. Maybe you've been rerouted by a detour or you've been stuck in line, actually only a few hundred feet away from your destination. You can see it, but you can't reach it. Perhaps you found yourself literally going in circles, repeatedly aware that your destination is right there within sight. I'm reminded of any time I've been caught in that circular pattern in front of an airport, waiting for a friend to come out of the terminal so I can pick them up. You, you know what I mean. You approach the airport, you drive past the terminal, you look for your friend. They're not there, so you have to continue on driving away from the airport, back around in a circle, come back to the airport, and go through the terminal again to repeat it until they come out. Why? Well, you don't want to pay for parking, and... That area is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only, and yours isn't ready yet. This idea of driving around in a circle, seeing your destination but not being able to reach it, also reminds me of a scene from the movie European Vacation with Chevy Chase. Maybe you've seen it, maybe you haven't, but picture the scene where uh, the dad, Clark Griswold, is stuck in the car with his wife and his kids, repeatedly driving around in a roundabout that he's not used to driving in, right there in London, seeing the same sights over and over again, uttering the phrase, look kids, Big Ben, Parliament. 
Maybe your situation's one where you can't see the destination because it's not close by, but the trip seems to be taking forever. I think we've all been in a situation where we've heard kids in the back seat asking the question, are we there yet? Like many situations and circumstances in life, this one plays out in the Bible as well. And we can learn some valuable lessons from it. So let's take a look at our key verse for this episode to get us going. The key verse is Numbers 14.34, which reads, Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sin. And our main points for this episode, there's three of them. They are the three reasons that you might be wandering. Number one, you're wandering because you're complaining. Number two, you're wandering because you're doubting. And number three, you're wandering because you're stubborn. If you find yourself wandering in the wilderness, so to speak, that is, facing the same hurdles or experiencing constant delays from your goals, destinations, or promises from God, it might be because of one or more of these points. Do you find yourself frustrated over a prayer that hasn't been answered? It might be because of these reasons. Do you feel like you keep getting tested in the same area over and over and over again? Well, this could be why. So, Let's dive into each of these in more detail. And before I do, let me just say this, that not every delay is because of something that you're necessarily doing wrong, that not every answer to prayer is because you're sinning or you have sinned. We live in a fallen world that's difficult to navigate sometimes. Jesus himself said that we would have trials in this world. And there's also an enemy that we have to contend with who is also trying to mess your destination up, trying to steal, kill, and destroy from you. So as I share this episode today, and as I go over these points, I just want to encourage and remind you to spend time with the Lord, spend time in prayer, spend time in your Bible, and check your heart. If any of these areas are an area you can work on, go for it, because it might be the key to success. So let's look at the first one, and that is complaining. You might be wandering because you're complaining. Our key verse said that the Israelites would wander because of the consequences of their sins. The Bible reminds us that the wages of sin is death. In other words, there are consequences to our actions. And each of the three points I covered could be considered a type of sin. Complaining is sinful to God. Stubbornness is sinful to God. And doubt is certainly sinful to God. He really does despise all three of these, and he wants us to live free from them. You might be asking the Lord right now, am I there yet? And it could be because of your complaining. In today's world, there's a lot to complain about. We can complain about the weather, the economy, our friends, our family, our neighbors, politics, or Something as simple as a messed up order at the restaurant. But the truth is, complaining is the language of the ungrateful, and God despises it. The Bible has several things to say about complaining. Here's just a few verses. Philippians 2.14, Paul writes, Do all things without grumbling or questioning, 
Paul's obviously writing to the church, the church at Philippi, and he's telling them, Christians, live life and do everything without grumbling or questioning. And it really doesn't get any clearer than that. In fact, Paul wouldn't have written those words, inspired by the Holy Spirit to write them, if God didn't think that you and I could do it. Think about that for a second. God is never going to ask us to do something that we're not capable of doing. That would make him an unjust God. So if he's telling you and I today, do everything without complaining, that means we can. We have the ability to. It really is a choice. So that means do our work without complaining. That means serve your church without complaining. Live with your spouse without complaining. Raise your children without complaining. If you happen to be a parent, you know how much whining and complaining can grate on you. It's really one of the most frustrating things to hear from someone. So, take Paul's advice here. Do all things without grumbling or questioning. Numbers 21, we take the same Israelites that we read about in our key verse. In that chapter, Numbers 21, the Hebrews were once again complaining and murmuring. They were complaining about God. They were complaining about not being in Egypt, which, by the way, was slavery anymore. And they were complaining about manna. They wanted some new food to eat. They were tired of eating the same stuff over and over again. So we find in Numbers chapter 21 that in the midst of their complaining, they were stricken with illness from poisonous snakes that had invaded the camp. Isn't that just the type and picture of our lives? When we complain, when we whine, we get outside of God's grace, his covering, his umbrella, if you will. And bad things can happen because the wages of sin is death. Ephesians 29 is another verse about complaining. Another verse that Paul wrote where he said, Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that may give grace to those who hear it. In other words, don't be a Debbie Downer. Quit talking about how half empty the glass is. Rather, talk about how half full it is. Find that silver lining and speak about it. Talk about it. Share it. Encourage others. Talk positively. Because this is the language of the Christian. This is the language of faith. This is the language, the voice of a follower of God. Paul also wrote in 1 Corinthians 10.10, 10, Nor grumble, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. In other words, when you and I grumble, when we complain, when we whine, when we demonstrate that we are ungrateful about who we are, whose we are, and what we have, it really opens a door to the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. And I don't know about you, but I need the enemy doing less stealing, killing, and destroying in my life than more. So if there's a door open, I'm shutting it in his face. So I'd encourage you today, if you haven't reached that destination, if you find yourself wandering and asking, am I there yet? Why do I keep going through the same situation over and over again? It could be because of your mouth, you're complaining. If you find yourself working for the same type of person and you don't like working for that type of person and you keep complaining about that leader that you're under, you're probably going to find yourself in that situation again and again and again until you can pass that test and shut your mouth. Hopefully that makes sense. 
The second reason that you might find yourself wandering is because of your stubbornness. Listen, stubbornness is really actually a wicked thing. We in our culture kind of look at stubbornness as an asset, that being stubborn can be a good thing. And there are situations where it can be. But overall, a spirit of stubbornness, not being flexible, not being willing to learn, not being humble, not being pliable, that spirit of stubbornness is actually an evil thing. Proverbs 29.1 says, He who is often reproved, yet stiffens his neck, will suddenly be broken beyond healing. Have you been corrected? Have you been lightly disciplined? And instead of changing, instead of changing your heart, instead of changing your attitude, instead of making an adjustment, instead of just being willing to know that there are things outside of your control, that the only thing really you can control is your attitude, but not the circumstance, and you get stubborn about it, did you realize that that can take you to a place of brokenness? My pastor often says that life is 10% of what happens to us and it's 90% of how we react. This idea of not being stubborn will open up doors for you. Romans 2.5 says this, But because of your hard and impotent heart, you are storing up wrath for yourself on the day of wrath when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. I don't know about you, but I'm not a big fan of storing up wrath from God. I'm in the business of living in grace. I enjoy the grace of God, not the wrath of God. So be pliable. Uh, as a friend of mine often says, be semper Gumby. That is always flexible. And if you're young, you might not know who Gumby is. Finally, uh, another verse about stubbornness comes out of 1 Samuel 15. It's verse 23. It says that rebellion or stubbornness is as the sin of divination. What does that mean? Stubbornness is basically witchcraft. Let me say that again. That the same spirit, the same attitude of stubbornness, not willing to learn, not willing to adjust, not willing to be corrected, it comes from the same line as witchcraft. Man, that's nasty. That's not something I want in my life. Rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is an iniquity and idolatry. 1 Samuel 15, 23. So again, if you find yourself in a circle, not reaching your destination, if you find yourself wandering in the wilderness like the Israelites did. If you keep facing the same test over and over and over again, just as frustrated as you were the first time you faced it, it could be because you're complaining and it could be because you're being stubborn. Listen, if God corrects you or directs you, be open to that. Be open to change. Move when he says move. Be humble when he says be humble. Apologize when you need to apologize. Forgive when it's time to extend forgiveness to someone. Let go of bitterness. Let go of offense. Don't live a life of stubbornness. Because if you will, it will break you eventually. And the last reason that you might find yourself wandering is because you're doubting. Let's take a look at that one. The Bible has a lot to say about faith, and the Bible has a lot to say about doubt. 
Jesus often rebuked people, including his own disciples, for unbelief or for doubt. Many of the people that came to Jesus said, Jesus, help my faith, strengthen my faith, increase my faith, help me with my doubt. But one of my favorite scriptures about doubt comes out of the book of James. James chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It's talking about prayer and asking things of God. And it says this, When you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver or do not doubt. For a person with divided loyalty or a person with doubt is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that's blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. It's a pretty sobering and harsh verse, but it is true. In other words, if God has promised you something, for example, that he'll supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus, and you believe that until the economy hits a recession, well, you've slid into doubt. And if you begin doubting what God will do for you, then you won't be able to receive from God. That's because faith is the language of heaven. Faith is the language of the believer. Faith is the language of the follower of Jesus. Doubt is not. Doubt is unbelief. In fact, God rebuked his people when the spies went into the land to see if it's what God had promised. Many of the spies came back with what God called an evil report where they said, yeah, all the stuff God said was there is there, but also there are giants in the land and we look like grasshoppers to them. God called that an evil report. Anytime you and I doubt what God has promised us and we give that doubt words in our mouth, God considers that evil. So perhaps you haven't reached your destination because you've been doubting. Stop doubting. Have faith in God. Trust that what he promised you will happen. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not even happen a week from now. But if God promised it, it will happen. So if you find yourself in that circle, you can see your destination. You can see your promised land, but you haven't reached it yet. It might be time to check your words. What are you saying? Are you saying things like, I can't, I won't, I never will? Or are you saying things like, God is faithful. I can do all things through him. He'll never let me down. He promised me that. He doesn't change. The words that are coming out of your mouth tell heaven and hell and everyone around you really what you believe. So let's try to wrap this thing up. Now that we know what not to do, how do we combat it? Three ways. Number one, have a thankful heart and attitude. Number two, speak words of life and faith. And number three, be flexible. When we have a thankful heart and attitude, that helps us to overcome the complaining. Exchange your complaint for some worship. Thank God for what you do have. Don't complain about what you don't have. Thank him for your home, your family, your job. Whatever it is that God's blessed you with, demonstrate that thankful heart by thanking him. The second thing is, is to speak words of life and faith. And these will overcome doubt. Exchange our doubtful words for words of faith. If you can't come up with anything to say, just put the Bible in your mouth. Eventually, your heart will follow. And the third thing we can do to combat all of this 
is to be flexible. Again, be teachable. Be willing to learn from someone else. Be willing to take correction and instruction. Be willing to be humble and make a change in your heart or in your actions. When we're flexible, it opens the door for us to be able to enter the promised land that God has for us. All right, let's review. Our key verse for this episode is Numbers 14.34, which says, Because your men explored the land for 40 days, you must wander in the wilderness for 40 years, a year for each day, suffering the consequences of your sin. And our main points for this episode are three reasons you might be wandering. Number one, you might be wandering because of your complaining. Number two, you might be wandering because of your doubting. And number three, you might be wandering because you're stubborn. We want to remind you that you can follow our ministry on Twitter and Instagram or like us on Facebook. Just go to your favorite social media platform and search for McCarty Ministry. Thanks again for listening. Make sure that you don't miss a single episode of our podcast by subscribing to the podcast wherever you listen. If this podcast has blessed you, we'd love for you to share it with others on social media. Don't forget, we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, or you can go to our website, McCartyMinistries.com. Also visit our website for more details on who we are, what we're up to, and until next time, Let's keep reaching the world for Jesus.